the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Margot, who is originally from Paris, France, but is currently based in New York. Uh, Margot runs a cabaret called So French Cabaret, and we are going to talk to Margot about her journey today. How's it going? Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm uh, doing well. Very exciting to, uh, to share a little bit about my story, but thank you so much for having me today. Anytime. So can you tell me a little bit about how did you get involved in music and how you started your project? Absolutely. Um, so let's say my, my mom was very passionate about art in general, but she was a kid from the war and she never had exactly the space or the time, you know, to get an education in art. So when she became a mom and she had me and my brother and sister, she really introduced us to every art possible. And because I was coming from a very, I would say, traditional Catholic family. It was about uh, classical dance and classical music, everything classical, let's say. And as I was, you know, I think a easygoing kid that wanted to try everything. I was, I was not good at what I was doing, but I, it, it was okay enough, you know, to get from one recital to the other one. And I grew up in the classical um, I would say uh, classical education and because I was um, studying very uh, steady or enough I would say so I was having you know all my exams and so on so at the age of 15 um, I finished the conservatory but I have to say even though I could play the piano or I could play the harp this is the instrument that um, I was also playing I couldn't really feel it was something that I was choosing it was even nothing I was very good at. I was good enough at that. But I, I don't know, it, I, the, the plugging to music was kind of easy to me. It was a, not a second nature, but it was not complicated. It was simple to get onto music. And then, you know, life happened and um, I lost my mom and I became a very uh, not conventional kid, I would say. I was... Um, not accepting authority anymore. Um, I'm not saying that I was uh, out um, out of the of the frame, but I started to listen to uh, hard work, and I stopped classical music because I didn't recognize myself in classical music. But then later on, I would say three years after, I had to move to Paris because this is where you are getting, I would say, education. Um, in the mindset of my family, I couldn't stay where I was. Um, and I met, I, I bumped into people that were also in Paris to pursue a, um, a musical uh, a career. And they said to me, oh, you are not, you're not playing anymore. Oh, that's weird. Like, come with us and we're going to form a little chamber music band or something like this. And I think that this is at this time, I choose for the first time that I wanted to do music because I had the, the choice to do that. Because when you are four years old or five years old, in France at the time I was starting the music, um, let's say there was not the space to decide for myself. Long story short, um, I started a career in classical music 
And because I found some freedom in playing the music, I ended up being a teacher and also a performer. But everything was heavy to me. I, it, it seemed to me that, yeah, it was the right direction, but it was exa not exactly my voice. It was not exactly who I was. It was a broad spectrum of, oh, she's good at music and she can make a living with this, so that will be fine. And the universe or life gave me multiple gifts that around, I would say, 25 or 26 years old, I started to make collaboration with groups that were absolutely not from classical music. And for instance, there was a singer who was from Brazil and she had a jazz band and she wanted to introduce two classical musicians in the band. That was never being done before. It was very, you know, um, very creative idea of her. And even though I felt absolutely not at my place because playing jazz or playing classical music is two different approach of the same music, but still, you know, you're not reading the same charts and so on and so on. So I was suddenly in an environment where people were playing music only with their ears or mostly with their ears and improvising a lot. And also she discovered that I was sometimes, you know, singing along or something like this. And she said, oh, you should maybe be, um, how do you say that, like a background singer or a second voice to my voice. So in a blink, the universe sent me the most precious gift ever because I wasn't feeling at the right place or I, I wasn't feeling totally myself in my field. And suddenly the universe gave me something that even if I had wished for, it would have been impossible because there is no classical musician in a Brazilian band, for instance, and she created that. And no one would accept in the professional world to switch from classical to jazz because you have to study first and you have to do this and this and this. But it was just a gift in front of me. And even though I didn't feel prepared at all, I accepted it. And so in two weeks or three weeks, I ended up being in the background of a classical orchestra to the front row of one of the, the, the best jazz scene in Paris, which is the, the New Morning. And then I realized, okay, so I am vibrating a lot when I'm singing and I'm vibrating a lot when I'm doing music that is not classical. And it took me maybe two or three years. And also I was uh, hired by um, the number one selling artist in France at this time, Nolwenn Leroy, who is not known outside France, but in French is absolutely big. And same thing, you know, I had to arrange some music. I had to compose a little bit of music. I didn't know I was able to do that, but I had to, so I did it. And then, you know, all the puzzle came onto a, a big picture that what was really my voice, my inner voice was to compose, to songwrite, to do jazz and to sing and not being the sideman anymore. But it really came, I'm, I'm so grateful because it came very naturally. I, I thought that it was just signs very clear. And when in life you are, you are listening enough, all the signs are there. And if you are completing the dot, you can really answer very deep question about what you are really meant to be in your life. 
this is how it happened to me. And I feel, I, I will feel forever grateful for that. But then the second phase was <laughs> to apply that and to make, to make a life around that, you know, and to, to make it happen because I was 30 years old. I was divorced, no kid. Um, I was working for a long time. And so I could save a little bit of money, but it was just a little bit of money. And I decided some, someday to take a blank piece of paper and say, okay, if there is no money limitation, if there is no time limitation, if there is nobody to tell me not to do it, what would I would like to be in the future? And I said, okay, I want to play jazz. I want to be a songwriter. I want to live in America because, I mean, one of, of my more inspirational people in my life, in my childhood was from New York. He was my uncle. And I said, okay, because I'm 30 years old, I don't have any time to waste. So I'm Googled on the internet, what is the best jazz music school in the planet or in the world? And it was Berkeley College of Music. And I don't know what happened in my mind, but I was, I was frantic. I was Googling, like, how can I get to the audition? Is there any, I don't know, a grant that I can get or whatsoever? And everything happened at the right time, you know? I met the right person to connect me to, I mean, and, and so on. You can, you can, you can guess that um, it went not smoothly, but when I started to put one feet on the right direction, everything went logically. And when I needed something, I got it. And so now, <laughs> sorry, sorry about posing. So, uh, it's okay. What happened? What, uh, so now, currently, uh, I'm a jazz singer performing in New York. Uh, I play jazz uh, on my harp. I went to uh, Berklee College of Music to um, start studying jazz. I'm, I'm saying starting because studying jazz is a life commitment. So I will be better in five years, 10 years, 20 years. But I at least started the journey. And I play with... Uh, with people that I really love deeply. Obviously the pandemic, um, you know, um, put a hold on all of, of this, but um, uh, it's going to um, to be open again. And and um, I, I don't say that my dream is uh, came totally true because I, I still have, you know, projection on the future of other things that I want to do. But at least if I'm looking at the blank piece of paper that I don't have anymore, but if I'm, Thinking about the blank piece of paper, the beginning is is on. I would say. Gotcha. No, no, I really like that. And can you just tell me a little bit about like so French cabaret and how that got started before we move into like your future goals and and what's on the blank piece of paper, so to speak? Yeah. So the so French cabaret um, started in in Boston with uh, Berkeley, uh, you know, students and um, as I was a as I was a student and. So constantly, so to be, to be totally honest, um, my dream was getting through faster than I could have imagined. So when I auditioned for Berkeley College of Music, I thought I had maybe one year or two years before getting in. But I did the audition and then three months after I received, or I don't know after, but um, how long after, but I received very quickly the answer, okay, so we are waiting for you on September, and maybe it was in March, you know? 
And my English is absolutely not perfect at now, but at this time it was awful. It was really below the beginner <laughs> level. <laughs> and so each time, each time that I was talking to new people arriving in America, people didn't listen to me. They stopped me saying, oh, you sound so French or you're reacting so French or what you said is so French. I was a living cliche of what people thought about what a French person is. So when I was looking for a band name, I said, okay, life is a cabaret. It's such a mess. It's such a lively, you know, combination of elements that you are not controlling at all. So for me, cabaret was a part of the band, definitely. And then I said, okay, I'm going to give up on being studently better in English or studently not that French. So I'm going to be called so French cabaret. And at the beginning, what was funny enough is that I was so lacking of, of self-esteem and confidence that I refused to use my name. And people were asking me, oh, so who are you? And I said, oh, I'm so French cabaret. No, 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 who are you? And I said, oh, but it's not, forget about it. It's not very important. What is important is what I'm doing. And then I'm an, I would say most recently, I accepted gradually to say, maybe it's, it's easier to connect if I'm just assuming, okay, I'm Margot, I'm a singer, I'm a lead singer of my projects. And even though I don't feel that everything is not achieved as, as perfection as I would like to do, I can still put my name on it. I'm imperfect I'm in the process to get to the point where I want to go, but I can still exist and not to be ashamed about myself. True, very true. And, and you know, um, when you're an artist, whether you're solo or with the band, your identity and role in your creativity really comes to life the longer you do it. And I really like that you mentioned that, like, you know, you only get better as you keep going, like five years, 10 years, 20 years, and, and, and so forth and so forth. So, like, with that being said, let's take a quick break and learn more sure. about your, your future and your goals on the next half of Dreams That Memes. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams Not Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams Not Memes Podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams Not Memes Podcast. To support Dreams Not Memes Podcast, feel free to contact me at adaywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So can you tell me a little bit about what are some of your goals today and moving forward uh, with your project and your, and your journey as a musician? Absolutely. Um, so in the blank piece of paper, um, I was mentioning songwriting, mm -hmm. but it was something that I, I never did before, I would say, but I discovered with the time and as a singer, I had to cover a lot of songs you know, for when you have your first gigs, people don't want necessarily to have your original. They want covers. They want, oh, you know how to play this and this and this. And at the beginning, it was a little bit frustrating, but I, I got it at one point and I discovered so much music. And I discovered that 
to 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 my sensibility i would say songwriting was one of the most highest powerful weapon uh against individualism and i was watching uh, an interview of mary strip um, a very old one and what she was saying as an actor i chose this profession because this is a tool for empathy i am embodying somebody else who doesn't have a voice and i'm trying to embody it with so much love that people around will say oh what you said or what you thought or what you experienced i did it too and i can i can understand you even more and so as a french as a french person when i arrived in new york i business wise i understood that there was a lot of people that were very interested in the classic the french classics i didn't know the french classic before it was a brand discovery for me. I, I heard about Piaf, obviously. I heard about Yves Montand or Charles Navour, but I, I was not familiar that much. And practicing these covers, I practiced, I would say, one of the, not the most beautiful songs, but some of the most beautiful songs. And while practicing and having to perform them to give the best of, of me in it, um, I discovered they were a little capsule of empathy. It was really storytelling at this time. It was a way to, to defend people, to defend people that didn't have the voice and so on. So I really, as I said before about the science and, and universe or life, I truly believe that life is really organizing for us in our the life is on our side. It's always going to give us signs or to drive us. And if we are not resisting that much, if we are embracing the process, there is a logic behind that we don't need to know. We don't need to know intellectually. We just need to feel it, you know? I, I like that you said that a lot. Because um, I think sometimes how we feel about what we're doing Mm -hmm. is more fulfilling about what we project to do day-to-day. Uh, yes. -day. Uh, you know, a mm -hmm. person can want to run a pizza store, for example, or a bread mm -hmm. store, but once they do it, if they feel weird about this thing that they want, maybe it's not really the thing that was meant for them. A lot of people want to play music, but then the question comes... How do you feel about everything that comes along with playing music, which could mean practicing you, you know, your scales every day, which could mean writing originals or learning covers every day, uh, which could mean like singing something that you might not necessarily enjoy. And how, how much exactly. are you willing to bend, you know? And yeah, I, I really like that you said that. But because the, I think the art industry in the capitalist world is very external. So mm -hmm. it's a projection of, oh, I want to be the next Lady Gaga. I want to be the next Katy Perry. I want to be, but this is not real. You will never get exactly as those people or the same type of career whatsoever. And sure. since the pandemic, we, I had the time. First of all, I have to say I was lucky enough not to be impacted as so many people were impacted. So I felt so privileged 
I, w I would say to still have my apartment and, and not to have to to move or to get back to, you know, family or friends or whatsoever. I was when I was not sick. I was not alone. I was with my husband and we had time. So I would say I was very grateful every day. And it was a time to to recenter and to say, OK, I was in a hustle before doing five gigs a week for 50 bucks, I would say. Mm -hmm. That was the time that I needed, you know, to become a, a better performer, because when you are in a hustle and you don't have to the time that much to practice your song or even to rehearse with a musician, it gives you a strength, I would say, that you can be in the moment. And when you have more time to prepare and more time to rehearse and more time to choose your song, it's all bonus. But I would say the the life of, of musicians in New York, in the small venues or whatever, it's a total hustle and it's draining, it's exhausting. And I, I would say it's not that creative. You mm. don't have the time to take care of your son. You don't have the time to take care of yourself. I mean, your health. You are not sleeping enough. You are drinking too much. Or you, I mean, and, and the pandemic helped me to just to, to slow down and say, okay, so at one moment is going to reopen. What do I really want to stick to? Mm. And what makes really sense to me? Does it really make sense to me to be back at the hustle or do I want to maybe do less gig, but maybe more being more independent financially speaking and so selling my music on the internet, dedicating more time yeah. or in some writing because also in the hustle, where is the time you can be in peace to write a song? True. When you are constantly fighting for paying the rent, paying the food, uh, paying health bills or whatsoever. So it was really, um, I, I hate to say that because it was so much suffering around, but for me, it was very beneficial in a way to stop and to say, okay, I'm going to prioritize. I'm not going to drain myself anymore. I am going to take some more time to prepare my show, to be more creative in my show. So let's say what I'm hoping for is to have more financial independency. So to be more supported by my community that I created in, on Patreon, for instance. And to have, you know, more, um, quality time to songwrite, mm -hmm. to accept that, okay, during songwriting, I'm not making money, I'm not practicing my instruments, I'm not practicing my voice, but it's okay. It's a time that I really need to do. And uh, yeah, collaborating with some songwriters that I never had the time to collaborate before because of the hustle and so on. So I'm looking for having a more human connection with my field. And what exactly does that mean? Because like, I definitely want to react and say that your insight is, is really wise to me about how you've changed in the pandemic, because I, I could definitely say I've spoken to many musicians and many other creators about how the pandemic has affected them. But like, mm -hmm. I feel like in this individualistic society in, in America, there's this like, push and hustle to to be famous or to gig as much as possible 
Yeah. But the reality is there's so many options and opportunities of things you can do with music. Mm -hmm. I feel like this quote unquote off time, it's given us more reflection time to see what you do want to do and, and do what, what makes you happy. So like, what does it mean to be more human for you as a creator? Uh, to put the, to put the content first, because mm -hmm. we are such in a world now with uh, social media and I, and I see, you know, a lot of musicians and maybe I was one of these musicians who are dedicating so much more on posting on Instagram and, um, you know, making an announcement on, as you said, on, on projection, on the musician mm -hmm. they want to be uh, in terms of, of fame. But I think that with the, this hustle, maybe as artists, we have not forgotten, but we have maybe prioritized, you know, other it's good to communicate, don't take me wrong, and, and we have to, to, to make very sure that we communicate on who we are and so on. But I don't want anymore, you know, to have messages or to put messages on Instagram on, hey guys, I don't know what you're doing today, but just check out my last picture or whatever. No, I, want, I really want to make time to have deeper content. And maybe it's going to take much more longer to uh, to create uh, songs that that are resonating with me, but I want to accept that you can't rush certain process. You can't be a machine, mm. or if you are a machine, or if you want to produce a song per week, let's say, you have to give up on maybe in one week the creativity doesn't is not going to align. True. And it's going to looks like something good. It's going to works. Oh yeah, my chords are going to to mix well together or it's a nice it's a nice progression but i want a progression that that makes me think oh this is really me and it's not something composed from elements that could work in the music industry and make me famous mm. i love that and it's and it just goes back to the whole idea that like music's not a algorithm or a pipeline and i mean while we're yes. communicating via the use of, of technology I, I truly feel that more than ever, uh, technology has created many false narratives uh, for creatives of all genres uh, and, and practices that it's not about, you know, the things you learn or the new things that you find out about yourself. It's all about how well did the algorithm do? Because like, you know, speaking for myself, like there are times where like I'm posting a lot because there's a lot to share. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's also times where like, I'm just not posting a lot because there isn't so much to share. Uh, I used to do this podcast five times a day while working, you know what I mean? Um, wow. And I was doing that because I was putting this podcast kind of on a race. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of stepped back and said, you know, I could still achieve this goal uh, and have more quality discussions. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to say the old conversations weren't quality, but like I can balance things a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, and to live in balance is, is to live in harmony and to live without balance. Something you're, you're going to get some noise one way or the other, you know, and, and I yeah. need to create a pun out of that. But I, I really like what you had to say and share about that. It's, it's a matter of integrity, I would say. And mm. uh, there is a lot of um, a lot of pressure 
but not only from the society because the society what does it mean it's not an entity society is us you know we are yeah. pressuring us to to get in the flow and the flow is all these uh models or rock stars or pop stars they have a team to do that for them you know mm-hmm. and we feel obligated to do that i don't have the answer about that i don't i don't know exactly when it's going to reopen fully how i'm going to manage with you know pr and and presenting myself but i wish that i will have as you said more balance and more integrity on saying okay if i feel that it's really me i'm going to post it and if i feel that i have to post it because i haven't been seen for let's say one week or something like this maybe i'm going to skip for this time sure sure no, I, I, i definitely hear that well speaking a little bit more about the future or just what you're doing now mm-hmm. are you working on any records or hope to play any shows in 2021 that you know we could follow yes absolutely so um i have uh i'm going to do that uh, maybe next week but i have some original that i'm going to post on a platform mm. um so looking about uh in the future um so and i, I told you that i would like to my originals to be online mm-hmm. and uh the pandemic um created i would say some connection that i would maybe not have the chance to have because of the hustle but because everybody was a little bit still and calmed down um there is a, a wonderful musician who created a, a platform which is called marsh melody and is helping you know to place some music in documentaries or youtube videos or to connect the people they would buy music original music mm-hmm for um you know um films or mo- films movies documentary or whatsoever so he's really going to to create the the connection i'm very proud of that and also it's going to give me you know the space to create when i want because i'm going to post maybe one song and maybe when three more songs are going to be ready i'm going to put three songs and i'm going to create necessarily an album the ancient way where unless you had 10 you know songs you were oh no it's not ready to be a full something you know um also i'm going to have some uh, some performances in the new york uh i think it's the last week of september that i will have a private gig um i'm still you know in touch with the previous venues i was performing before pandemic and one of them is birdland so I'm, we're very happy i don't have the date yet but um, we'll be very happy to bring the show, uh, the Edith Piaf experience mm-hmm. uh, on the, uh, in Berlin. And definitely, so the show is about um, how Piaf was such a great storyteller and how much she was bringing empathy in the song she was interpreting. Because we are communicating about Piaf saying, oh, the voice of Piaf, yes. She had a voice, like there's no question about that. But what is moving me the most is she was, she was an actress and a singer at the same time, as Jacques Brel, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the power of the story in their song were so enormous that they were giving it all, you know, during the, the, the performances. So I want to, to keep songwriting in, I would say, in the same legacy of, telling people's story. 
And not saying extraordinary story, but if you listen very well to each of us, we all have extraordinary story. Yes, we do. We don't need to be famous. We don't need to be famous. We don't need to be billionaires to be extraordinary. True. The way you are navigating in life is extraordinary anytime. And I think that we need to empower people through songs and the audience because there was a trend for a long time where there was an audience that were buying, you know, people, superstars and making sure that the superstar were very far away from the audience because either you are a very big artist or you're nothing. True. It's too polarizing. It's way too polarizing. When I think that artists are meant to tell the story of the people we don't know the story about. Mm. We should be at the service of the audience to tell their story when they don't have necessarily the skill or the habit or the, the experience to put words on their stories. True. And this is what makes the classical French song so magic because Edith Piaz was telling the story of the prostitute she was, you know, seeing every day on the streets and she was picturing, okay, what is her life of this, of this, the, the, this, this prostitute that nobody wants to talk about. And that's truly giving voice to the voiceless. I, I really love that you said that, like using the, the example of the prostitute, because a lot of times we think about like race or gender and like intersectional activism, but mm -hmm. also it, it gets down to role in it and many other uh, underrepresented groups in, in, uh, in society. So. Yeah, and, and artistry would, I mean, ideally I see artistry as a, a way to reunite people. Mm -hmm. Not to say, oh, I'm the singer, you don't have my voice, or you don't have my abilities to sing. It's not the point. The point is, what, I'm, what, what do I carry in my artistry to make you feel closer to me? True. You see what I mean? So the, the, I think the business is, is putting musicians and artists in a hustle, but also make more gap between the listeners and the performer. And I think mm. it's wrong. I think we are getting in the wrong direction. And this is what I wanted to say about the social media. I will try to make sure that we, when I'm going to share something, it's not for my fame or my future development, but for, for I don't know, bringing a little bit more empathy or bringing something good to put a smile on a face or to make people feel better. And I think that being more human in the music industry is, is to just present, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm vibrating to or vibrating with. And um, if it helps you in, in, your, in your life or it, it makes your life better, it's available. Sure. Instead of trying to push and saying, hey, did you hear my, my last single? This is so unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And what? Maybe it's unbelievable. But what does it bring? You know? Uh, yeah, pu pushing art without value or even knowing your own value um, can really feel empty and meaningless. Uh, and, and what I love so much about this conversation is it's a reminder to us all that, like, you know, 
being seen is okay, but at the same mm -hmm. time, it's really important that you're bringing value to yourself and others who don't have a chance to be heard or a chance to be seen. Because the songs that last the longest are the ones that brought moments of human experiences to life that we didn't have before. Um, exactly, and, and also, you know, music can be used for, for many for many things, but I kind of not recognize myself in the trend of distracting people. I think mm. music should, in opposite, recenter people to sure. their own emotion or to their own battles or to their own uh, questions. I would I would say that. And um, as much as I like the very bright uh, entertainment, you know, mindset in America, and, and I went for that, and I, this is what I was loving so much when my uncle was making me listen to um, to some recording. I was like, wow, this is so powerful because this is so, I don't know, um, spectacular, right? In, in, a, in, a, in a way of uh, the Broadway show, it's spectacular. But in a way, if we are spectacular all the time, it's just distraction. And I think yeah. we need a balance and some music of Bob Dylan, for instance, or Johnny Mitchell, or Carol King, or whatever, or you know, songs that are really crowd pleaser in a, in a good way, <laughs> are really mm -hmm. reuniting a lot of people, any age or any, you know, um, origin or whatever. It's just because if you see the song, if you have the song in mind. Um, uh, you know, um, winter, spring, summer, fall. All you have to do is go. Wait, is I know it, what song you're talking you about. Got a, you got a friend? Just a, you got a friend? I think it yeah, is. Yeah. You've got a friend by Carol King. Yeah, that's exactly yes. what you're singing. So let's say yeah. this, this type of song, uh, for some people, it's maybe too cheesy or whatever, but I, I, we just have to admit it's a song that brings people together. Yep. And not only in just with a, a beat or something like this, it's the, it's the power of the words of, uh, you know, like uh, we all feel lonely at some point, you know, there is some good days, bad days, and you can be married, you can be very social or whatsoever. Sometimes we feel lonely as, as I, don't, I don't want to say that because it's going to be a bit, but <laughs> very lonely, you know, and, sure. and, and just to have a song for those moments where you can hear her say, saying, I will be there, just, just give me a call and, and you are not going to be alone. We need that, you know? We need those songs to, to make us feel you, we are not alone, we are very similar to each other and there is absolutely no way to act like stranger or to get even more in individualism because it's not working. And the pandemic showed us it's not working. We need to be together because we are, we are we are exactly the same, you know. We, I, I could, I could relate to your your story. You could relate to my story, and, and and I could take anyone in the street, take a seat, and say, okay, we're going to chat for twenty minutes. I'm sure we're going at some point to say, oh, I know this feeling. How they? I mean, it's 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 just it's just a um, a mental figure to say that we are separated. We are really not separated. We are absolutely all the same, even though you can have the, the most diverse origin 
And the power of a good song is when this song is telling you how much you can be empathetic with the other one because there is not another one. True. Doesn't uh, exist. I, I really... No, no, you're completely right. And I definitely think that's a good concluding point for our listeners to, to think about because whether you're a creator or a listener... It's really important to, to reflect on is what this person's saying, giving me a unique experience um, because or am I just hearing the same thing that I've heard before? Because while there's nothing new under the sun, and I put that in the quotes, I do mm -hmm. think we all have something unique to share, uh, whether it's through lyrics or sound that makes our voices be heard and other people understand you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. and. And I, and I just want to say uh, thank you so much for talking to me on Dreams Not Memes, and this has been a good episode. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for making the space for Anytime. being heard. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email adaywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.